The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Well, welcome to episode 345 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is healthy eating for family caregivers. Family caregivers face many, many challenges. Here are some examples. Caring for children, adolescents, adults, or seniors, living with serious physical and mental health conditions, and persistent disabilities, especially when these family members are living at home. Challenges such as caring for the family as a whole, not just the people who are experiencing living with these these difficulties. Challenging challenges such as caring for the family's finances by holding down a, down a job as well as being the family caregiver. And challenges such as caring for themselves when coping day in, day out with the challenges of family caregiving. Challenges which too often exhaust them physically, psychologically, and financially, and which too often undermine the quality of their lives, which is why our topic, healthy eating for family caregivers, is so important for family caregivers. Now, our guest who's going to discuss it is Kelly Hill. Kelly is a nutritional therapy practitioner and the owner of The Right Plan, her business in Medford, Oregon. Her philosophy is that there is no one-size-fits-all diet. She says that because each one of us is different. Most diets will work for some people and not for others, meaning that few diets work for everyone. She adds that we need to eat nutrient-dense, nutrient-rich, whole foods that have been properly prepared which means real food as close to the form in which it was originally grown or raised and prepared in a way that preserves or even enhances the nutritional value of the food. She's the uh, author of two books on how to use whole foods for health. The two-week weight loss program and cleanse and detoxify your body. So, welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Great. Now, first question for you. Please tell us more about your life, your career, and your experience with family caregiving. Kelly? Well, as with most 
caregivers, I've been one my whole life. Uh, My younger brother was born with a number of disabilities. So as anybody who has lived in that, as you were just saying, that kind of takes over your whole life during that time frame. And then I'm a mother. I have a 20-year-old and a 9-year-old. So I feel like I'm doing that the whole mom thing for the second time around. Uh, and luckily, I moved back to my hometown uh, right right before my father was diagnosed with terminal cancer. So I was here to support him and my mother. Uh, of course, now my mother's widowed uh, about nine years ago now, uh, just just after my son was born. And uh, now you, know, you, you think you finally have it uh, wrapped up and done as a caregiver. And just like you said, it comes right back. Now my, my father-in-law is uh, dealing with dementia. So, w- you know, I think once we become caregivers, we're there forever. It doesn't go away. Yes. <laughs> it's our whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's switch uh, to a question about your business. Tell us more about your business, The Right Plan. Kelly? Well, the the right plan is uh, the umbrella name for three separate pieces. Uh, eat right for life, living right for life, and cooking right for life. And each of these pieces stands alone, or they can one run one after the other, depending on a person's time of, of, that they have available to work on themselves, which as caregivers is sometimes very difficult because we feel like we're being selfish and there's that negative connotation to putting ourselves first. So I designed these with the idea that somebody could work through one at a time, so they're taking just a little bit of time for themselves. But really, getting start, getting and staying healthy takes all three of the steps. But that can be overwhelming, and I understand that. And but we, you know, we need to eat healthy to have the energy to be a quality give caregiver. We need to live in a way that allows for stress management, proper sleep, movement, and all those pieces so that we can take care of ourselves. And we need to learn to cook in a way that makes healthy food tasty, but is still fast and easy to make. I mean, nobody wants to spend all day in the kitchen and caregivers don't have the time for that, even if they wanted to do that. So the first plan, Eat Right for Life, is the starting point for most people because so much information is out there about nutrition, that healthy eating becomes so confusing. I mean, you said it in the intro there, but really what it comes down to is one magazine will say one thing and then another one says something else. And celebrities are touting meal plans that are complete opposites of each other. Different friends are following different plans. And the truth is most of those plans work for somebody And if you get lucky enough to pick the right one, you may find success too. But you could spend years trying all your friends' plans or the latest magazine article or the newest celebrity diet, and you still may not find the right plan for for you as an individual. And that's because there is no one-size-fits-all diet. For the most part, I call these diets of the moment, and they just aren't balanced. They're not sustainable as a permanent lifestyle choice for busy caregivers. They're very dramatic, radical. You know, they have weird foods. I mean, our kids don't want to taste that. Uh, they have a lot of time in the kitchen. It's just, it's not practical. So each one of us is different, and we have to respect and work within that difference. What works for one person may or may not work for somebody else. And the secret is to really learn what is right for your individual body. Right. And the individual stresses and strains that are part of your life as a family caregiver. That's right, isn't it? 
Absolutely. And again, that's different for everybody. It's a completely different lifestyle. If you, well, if you go just through my lifestyle, my lifestyle was different when my when it was my brother that we were dealing with, uh, different when my dad had cancer, different as a mom, and now different as a child of a aging parent with dementia. Those are all completely different. And now, now of course, some of them overlap. So I'm a busy mom and a business person and a caregiver for a parent. I mean, it's a it's a lot, and those lifestyles are each very different. And just like the foods, the lifestyle has to be taken into consideration to make sure that it's right for what is working for your body and your life. Right. Now, I want you to tell us, please, Kelly, why you set up your business, the right plan, and the three components in it. Why did you do it? Well, I was an owner-operator of McDonald's restaurants for about 10 years, and I was serving fast food every day to busy people. Yet, I, I almost always brought my own lunch and snacks, and customers really came to rely on me to tell them how to make their fast food healthier. And I realized that busy people, whether they're caregivers uh, or just, you know, Business people, we're all, those folks were all busy and were stressed out, which is why we're going through the fast food place. And I realized these people need alternatives. They need to understand that we have options. And so I ended up leaving the business, going back to school to get another degree, this time in nutrition, health, and wellness. I uh, took a, a short detour path at trying to be a registered dietitian, and I didn't feel like it was right for me. It wasn't a good connection because there was a lot of structure required, a lot of requirements on the types of food. There was a lot of processed foods, artificial sweeteners, and and just foods that I didn't feel people should really be eating. And so I ended up finding the Nutritional Therapy Association and just did a whole nother segment to do to become a nutritional therapy practitioner and then founded the right plan because I wanted to be able to give this information to people. And it, as it has moved along over the last five years, the business has changed many times until I've gotten to the point where it is now. And each nutrition therapy practitioner kind of serves their own niche. And I serve a, that a, my niche because I recognize that healthy doesn't necessarily mean you have to give up all the convenience and fast foods. Because like I said, as busy people, as caregivers, sometimes we have to make these choices. We have to choose a convenience food or we have to run through a, a fast food place. And we need to know what the right options are when we make those choices. So I'm, I am special in the fact that I don't tell people they have to give it up forever. They just have to make the best choice when they choose to go there. Right. Now, I just this is a bit of a loaded question, but let okay, me ask shoot. you. Right. Well, your niche that you've got is very important. This is the idea of uh, a particular sector of the community that your um, business is aimed at. Now, how much of that niche is made up by family caregivers? Almost 100%, actually. Um, there's, a, there's a few people, every once in a while, I'll have um, what I call my odd duck business person that's you know on the road three weeks out of every month and you do, it has no family, really, or no kids, no other obligations. It's just work, 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 work. But that's, I don't know, one in a thousand, maybe. I mean, it's, I don't know what the exact number is. Very rare. 99.9% of my people are caregivers uh, 
for very all those different people that you were talking about. And they they have to they're going to make those choices. They either have kids, they're running from soccer practice to ballet practice or they they've worked all day and they're exhausted and they just need to put some food on the table or, uh, you know, it's a late night hospital call and they're running and all of a sudden it's three in the morning and they're exhausted and they need something to eat and they're, you know, we can't plan for everything as caregivers. And so it's great when we can. I love it to teach people to plan, but that's not always going to work. And then you have to know what the best choice is. Right. And that's your professionalism. Yes. You're imparting to them the kind of knowledge they need to make their own decisions under the circumstances that they're in. Absolutely. Now, talking about circumstances, uh, we have to now take the break. So we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Kelly Hill. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Ooh, Are you happy with just accepting and passing along what the media, politicians, and government are feeding you? Or are you positively sick of it? It's time to get the real facts and form your own decisions. It's time to awaken the sleeper within you. Each week, host Dr. Nick Castellano will uncover various viewpoints and topics designed to inform and present the truth. Today's masses are manipulated by media coverage, and we will not become sheeple. Tune in to Awaken the Sleeper, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. What can you find on Get Real Radio? Well, quite honestly, who you really are. Join host James Robinson each week for a program designed to reveal more about yourself and your world through words of wisdom and profound guests. You'll discover more about the spiritual movement and how it can work with you and alert you to problems you may not be aware of. It will educate, titillate, and enlighten your mind. Get Real Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This could end up being the best time of your week. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Kelly Hill. Our topic is healthy eating for family caregivers. Uh, Kelly, now let's talk about nutritional therapy 
and the ways nutritional therapists customize and monitor diets. And just let me remind remind our audience that you are in fact a fully qualified nutritional therapist. Now, Kelly, please explain nutritional therapy and how nutritional therapists provide their services. How do you go about your work, in other words? Kelly? Well, nutritional therapy is a very specialized style of nutritionist. So we're trained to use nutrition as medicine rather than pills and supplements. So we we use whole food usually without cans, boxes, weird taste and shakes, frozen meals, or or anything else that isn't real food. Uh, There's about 1,500 of us last time I checked worldwide. Uh, Of course, it could be bigger now. And each one of us is a little bit different. So we get about nine months of extended hands-on training, which is, is fabulous, but then because we, because we have to keep our continuing education pieces and continuing to learn, we're all allowed to then branch out a little bit more as we find things that we're really interested in that we're drawn to and we want to work with. And so everybody then begins to find their own focus based on their desired learning. And for me, it was helping people understand how to lose weight and have unlimited energy by identifying the foods that were best for their body. And that's really where I ended up. Now, I want to go to a rather more specific question now, Kelly. I want you to explain to us How nutritional therapists use nutritional therapy to devise diets to reduce the risk of complications in health conditions such as diabetes. That is to say, diabetes needs lots lots of management. There's no cure for it. And so, therefore, the question of complications becomes very important. Now, the role of nutritional therapy and nutritional therapists in reducing the risk of complications in diabetes. Kelly? Well, really, um, you know, many major health conditions uh, can be tied to poor eating choices and excess weight. And diabetes fits very strongly in that category. Now, obviously, there are people that are born with diabetes, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that it becomes an onset after they, you know, they're older in life. And in order to be of service and make changes, we have to identify the foods that are best for that person that fits within their lifestyle, because again, it's not that one size fits all diet, but there are some things that everybody can do when it comes to diabetes. And of course, that's beginning to control the blood sugar. And that's not as simple as people think when we talk about, oh, just don't eat sugar. No, all food breaks down into a carbohydrate. And so we have to start identifying which foods work best for individuals. And for it's you know, there's some general information. Starchy carbs are are slower and more complex than like plain white sugar. But the reality is each person's a little different. We don't we all metabolize differently. We have different insulin responses. And that's what we have to start identifying in order to find the diet plan that's right. And so let me give you a quick example. You know, for some people Breakfast can and should be the biggest, most important meal of the day. And they wake up with all this energy. They roll out of bed, ready to go. They're hungry first thing in the morning. But for others who get moving a little slower in the morning, eating that a large meal first thing in the morning sounds disgusting and is really overwhelming. And it's actually going to cause them to be ravenously hungry for the rest of the day. So they need totally different meal plans in order to regulate something like their blood sugar. So we have to identify all these different pieces 
when it comes to, to their eating so that we figure out where they're getting their energy, where they store their fat, what types of foods they should be eating, what types of foods they're craving, how to overcome those cravings. All of those are individual topics that have to be discussed in a diet in order to deal with any health complication. Um, and when we talk about diabetes specifically, we t- we're usually talking about carbohydrates, how many they're eating, the types they're eating, how they're working with their body, and why they're eating them. Is it a lifestyle? Why is that in their lifestyle? So there's a lot to it. We want to work with the body, not against it. And when we work within the body, a very quickly response, the body naturally wants to be healthy. Nutritional therapy just gets people back to the basics. Right. Now, next question is along the same lines, but it's quite asking you how nutritional therapists and nutritional therapy devise diets to help correct health conditions such as high cholesterol. Many, many of us are taking med- medications to deal with high cholesterol. Um, if there was a dietary way of doing it completely, we'd be very interested, but we'd also be very interested if there's a dietary way of helping to correct um, high cholesterol and things like it. Please, please talk about that, Kelly. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite questions because high cholesterol is really caused by inflammation. When we are eating the foods that aren't right for our body, it's kind of like scratching a scab inside. I, that's, I like analogies. Yes. I think it's easier for people to, to see that. But I mean, we've all had a scab and for whatever reason, especially when we're kids, you know, we pick at it and just keeps getting yucky and it doesn't heal and our body keeps sending, you know, more, uh, cholesterol to the end of it so that it keeps creating that scab. A scab is mostly cholesterol. It's also a few other things, but it that's that cholesterol is our body spackle to try and keep us healthy. So when we have a cut, whether it's internal or external, so when we start talking about the you know causing internal injuries to our veins and arteries, the liver sends cholesterol and that's called low density lipoprotein, LDL, as most people are are familiar with. And then since it's leaving the liver, doctors call this our bad cholesterol. And then once the wound heals, cholesterol returns in the form of high-density lipoprotein, HDL. And since this is cholesterol traveling away from the artery back to the liver, doctors call that the good cholesterol. But to me, this is similar to calling an ambulance traveling from the hospital to patients a bad ambulance. And if they're traveling to the hospital, now they're a good ambulance. That's so untrue. I mean, and I think luckily some doctors are looking more at ratios now, thankfully, and they're recognizing that it's really, it's not one or the other. It's a combination of both. But either way, it's the cholesterol is going, coming, whatever, you know, if it's out there like that, it, that indicates a problem that I'm concerned with. That means that there's inflammation in the body. And when we need to clear up the inflammation more than we need to worry about the cholesterol. You clear up the inflammation, the body quits sending cholesterol around. So we need to start eating the right foods to decrease the inflammation, and we automatically decrease the cholesterol. Now, this is another of my loaded questions. Um, Let me put it, ask you straight out. How did Physicians, like I used to be, respond to 
um, the services of nutritional therapists? Do they work with you? Do they refer their patients to you? Uh, or do they do something else? Kelly, what's your experience? Well, when I first started, I was considered a quack because I'd say things like this, that I would say, no, your doctor's wrong. You know, cholesterol isn't really good or bad. It's, uh, you know, and I'd give the ambulance analogy and and, uh, they'd go back to their doctors and they'd come back to me and go, she's an idiot. I don't know what she's talking about. But especially over the last five years, we have really seen a change in the American Medical Association, um, well, and all doctors worldwide, to recognize that actually a lot of this science um, is either being misinterpreted or it's not even being fully expressed to doctors. I, I asked my doctor personally one time, I said, you know, tell me how life has changed. And he said, I remember being a young doctor. I read every piece of literature. I knew exactly what was happening. I had my finger on it. And he said, now I trust the drug companies to tell me what's going on. And, and he explained why that is, and that's a whole other problem, obviously. But that has opened a door uh, to some misinformation, by all means. And so now, as ta- you know, we've seen this finally, this shift, as uh, doctors are really beginning to realize that actually you can heal yourself with food. You can make dynamic changes in your health by eating well and moving and sleeping properly. And now doctors are my number one referral. Um, I actually almost never advertise. I almost never am out promoting myself particularly. Doctors send me people because they know that I'm going to get results and they don't have to worry about me recommending some sort of weird supplement that may counteract some other medication that they should be on. Uh, like Like you say, if you're dealing with cholesterol, until we can get the inflammation fixed, you don't go off your cholesterol medication. I'm not qualified to tell somebody to do that and I wouldn't. Uh, so now I have a wonderful uh, number of doctors that support me and I support, and we work very, very well together. And I think it's the greatest team uh, my clients can have is to be a patient of an open-minded, fabulous doctor and work with somebody who's going to look at their, their life more holistically uh, and then just tell them, do this, take that. You know, we have to work with the lifestyle. Like you say, you have to to be conscious of what else is going on and the stress that, that is happening within the, the whole family, not just the caregiver, him or herself. First of all, congratulations on that relationship with physicians because that's good for everyone. You, I think the so. doctors and the, the patients, your clients. So congratulations. Thank you. Now, let me just ask you something else. I'll put it to you in this way. The food we eat is important, but food keeps changing. You know, if you look back 50, 60 years ago, people were eating different things. So is it reasonable, just quick question from me, to say that we really do have to keep up with our diet because the food we're offered and we use, fast foods or anything else, um, isn't what nature actually had in mind for us necessarily. Kelly? Yeah, I tell people to do what I call an 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, they're going to do everything in their power to eat homemade foods that they've made themselves that are nutrient-dense, that support the body and give them the energy and goal and help them reach their goals so that 20% of the time, they can kind of disregard my rules, whether it's an intentional disregard that they're going to – they really want something treat uh, that I would not normally recommend or – um, an unintentional 
issue. Something happens and they're all of a sudden they don't have time to go home and make dinner and they've got to pick something up on the way home. Yeah, those 20% of the time, if they do it 80% of the time right, they can have that 20% and and stay very well balanced. And not worry about it. Yeah. Kelly, that's very powerful. Uh, that's a very powerful message because it, it's saying that there's flexibility, but there are rules in the sense of the 80% really does matter. But if you have to depart from it, this isn't the catastrophe that perhaps some other people might say that it is. So talking of, well, I won't use the word catastrophe, but talking about the need to stop for a moment, uh, it is time to take the break. So we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Kelly Hill. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as the show is often hosted by national experts in the fields of leadership, teamwork, management, corporate responsibility, accounting, governance, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be more trustworthy. Your hosts are trusted professionals with years of experience in applying strategies with today's leading organizations. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our guest Kelly Hill. Our topic is healthy eating for family caregivers. Now Kelly I want you to talk more about the ways in which nutritional therapists can devise healthy eating for family caregivers 
facing particular types of challenges. First question to you is, in what way can you, your profession, nutritional therapists, devise healthy eating for family caregivers to help them combat physical exhaustion? Kelly? Well, that's definitely a tough one because as a caregiver, you're exhausted, whether you're waking up in the middle of the night or, or you know, just it's, it's, it takes a lot. And what I found is that with physical exhaustion, there's usually three areas that need to be worked on. There's usually a lack of sleep that people aren't either getting enough sleep or the quality of their sleep isn't good enough. Their stress is too high. They don't have personal techniques to manage the stress that they have in order to bring their cortisol levels down and their hormones back into balance. And then the third and the one that's the easiest for me to deal with is often food poor, poor food choices. And those all go together because if you're, you're too tired, you wake up in the morning, you, you pick caffeine or whatever your drink of choice is to try and get you through the day and, and you're stressed out. So we go to comfort foods rather than the high quality, super good food. So it's, you know, it, it's a very difficult piece to break a cycle. And that's really what it is. With the physical exhaustion, it's a cycle. And so my recommendation, and this is going to probably seem a little out of left field, but the first one is to really increase the amount of water you drink. Uh, you know, Carry a little jug around with you if need. Put multiple jugs, one in your car, in your house, your wherever you need them to be so that you can get a lot of water and hydrate. That makes a huge difference in your energy level. If you're even 1% dehydrated, you can start gaining weight and feel depressed and anxious, have a higher stress level. It'll uh, get the hormones out of balance. So really getting a lot of good quality water helps raise the energy level up a lot. Packing snacks is another one. And I know that sometimes people say, oh, I just don't have time for that. And then, you know, so buy some things you don't really have to think about. Some bananas, some oranges, some apples, nuts, um, you know, trail mix, something that you don't even have to think about and stash them strategically, you know, at home, in your car, work, wherever you are so that they're always there. And, you know, if you feel that energy beginning to dip, little water, little food, you're going to make it right through. You have a lot more energy. And then snack every few hours if you can really do that. And I know that's, again, really tough. I tell people to set a timer if they have these these fancy phones these days that have little timers. Set a timer and let it vibrate and remind you. It doesn't mean you need to stop and have something to eat and drink at that exact moment. But, you know, as soon as you can. And if you stay hydrated with little snacks every few hours, the combination gives you energy all day long. So it's not going to take care of the lack of sleep. It's not going to necessarily take care of the stress level. But when you're getting better food choices, you're also going to sleep more and, and just naturally have a little bit less stress. So it's not going to completely fix physical exhaustion, but it'll certainly help. Right. Great. Now, I'm going to ask you exactly the same question. Summarize for us the ways in which nutritional therapists can devise healthy eating for family caregivers. But this time it's to help them combat burnout. Now, what I mean by burnout and what I think many people mean is more the psychological um, aspect of when you're exhausted physically, when you're worried, when you're concerned, when you really don't know where things are going. Um, it's as though you're not just your physical body, but it's as though your mind gets very tired. 
No, I think that's what people call burnout. Uh, you may have a different, somewhat different definition, but regardless, please tell us how nutritional therapists devise healthy eating to combat whatever we call burnout. Well, and that one's a little bit tougher because food doesn't necessarily have the same direct impact on something like burnout as more of what I call living right, where we're we're taking a little bit more care of ourselves. We're getting ourselves into a mindful state. We're making time for movement. We're managing stress. We we have meditation. We're getting good sleep. Those those all help get through burnout even more so than healthy eating. So I don't want, but I don't want to discount healthy eating. I mean, it's very important. And so what I would recommend as uh, from any perspective, from a new, whether it's nutritional or any kind of practitioner, when it comes to burnout, the biggest thing is getting good quality sleep. And so especially as caregivers, that can be really difficult. And, uh, and so, and I don't want people to go take ambient or whatever, you know, drug it is to get them to sleep, but we do have to come up with some good sleep rituals. And sometimes that is a small snack, a good complex carbohydrate, like an oatmeal before bed or a little coconut milk and some tart cherry juice, something that's soothing for the body and a ritual that helps us know now's the time to go to sleep. You know, turn off all the electronics. You know, if you have time, a nice bath, little reading, whatever it is. And it doesn't need to be a giant long thing. I say that and it makes it sound like you're going to spend an hour getting ready for bed. But, you know, it really only, it can be just a few minutes, but something that signals to the body, hey, it's time to shut down, clear the mind and go to sleep. And the good quality sleep is probably the biggest thing when it comes to, to burnout. From a food perspective, it's really decreasing the processed foods. Um, when we begin, the more stress we have, whether it's mental, emotional, or physical, the more we're going to go to our comfort foods that give us that that comfort feeling. I mean, it's, that's why we call them comfort foods. And a, most of the time, those are highly processed foods. Most people don't have a comfort food of a healthy food. Nobody goes, oh, I'd feel so much better if I had a giant bowl of kale today. Um, you know, it's normally it, ch- grandma's chocolate chip cookies or, you know, mom's macaroni and cheese or something like that. And so we end up moving toward more processed foods because we're tired, we're burnt out, we're just going to make something as fast as we can get it together that's some semblance of that comfort food. And that's where we really start ending up getting into a lot of processed foods that have a lot of really poor ingredients, very little nutrition in, in a lot of these foods. And yet we think of them as, well, it's, a, it's a something, it's some calories, so it's going to sustain me. But it doesn't. And the more we eat those foods, the less and less nutrients our body has to keep going. Everything just becomes more and more difficult, the, whether it's exhaustion, mental stress, anxiety, whatever the burnout is looking like, it's just going to keep getting worse because we are not giving the body anything to fuel it and, and help it. It can't help itself if we're giving it uh, uh, poor nutrition. So it's kind of like a gas a car with a gas. If it's low on gas or has no gas, it just can't run. So you know, the better quality gas, the better the car runs, the better quality nutrition, 
the better you're going to get through the day. So that, to me, those are, are really the pieces. Uh, truthfully, good quality sleep is, is the most. But since we're talking healthy foods, the pr- processed foods, decreasing those processed foods makes a big difference. Right. Now, again, it's the same question. Nutritional therapists devising healthy eating for family caregivers. But this time, the objective is to help family caregivers with their quality of life. Now, that's even more vague in a Mm -hmm. way than burnout or physical exhaustion. But nevertheless, people who know that their quality of life is suffering, they can no longer do or have the opportunity to do the things that they used to do. Um, They feel under, you mentioned this earlier, under such pressure that they have to go on working even though they need a rest. And it gets to the point where they almost start to neglect and sometimes probably do neglect themselves psychologically, physically, and the rest of it. So what's the role then of the nutritional therapist where that kind of thing is going on? Kelly? Well, I think you're absolutely right. As caregivers, uh, sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves. We're so busy taking care of everybody else, and and we feel satisfied with that. I mean, we feel good when we take care of somebody else that we completely forget to take care of ourselves. And I always tell people to think of it as when you're in an airplane and the flight attendant stands up there and they tell you that you know if you are with somebody in an emergency and the masks fall down, put your mask on first before you put it on your child or dependent. And I think it's the greatest analogy because it it's one of those moments where even the flight people understand that you may get it on your child. I may use child as a mom, but, but whatever your dependent, whomever your dependent is, and you may not make it. You may not be able to take care of of them from here on out if you don't take care of yourself. And I think that's the piece that people really forget. We get so wrapped up in taking care of other people that we real we forget we're not taking care of ourselves. So we're not really being able to take care of them at the highest quality either. We're not giving them our best. And so what I tell people to do is to really think about that flight attendant from time to time and realize they're not telling you to be selfish and put yourself first. They're trying to save everybody. So listen to them. They know what they're talking about. They get, they go through this. And so use that analogy sometimes even for yourself and say, well, I know I would like to do that, but, but I need a moment for me. And that's uh, you know completely acceptable because that takes care of actually the whole family at that point. And so I, I tell people to try and schedule some time for yourself. And I know it's so, so, so difficult to do. But even if it's... I. I actually lock myself in the bathroom for five minutes, you know, <laughs> yes. because nobody's going to bother you for while, well, you know, if you just, I'm going to the bathroom, leave me alone. They usually, now that my kids are a little older, they'll leave you alone. And it's that few minutes of just calming down, taking care of myself, getting at peace with stuff. So how, whatever that time frame needs to be for each person, but you know, it's just a few minutes at least every day for yourself or, to stretch, to meditate, to just, calm down and be in the moment. And then the next one is to really plan their meals and snacks. Um, And I know this is a huge undertaking. So don't try and plan all week, all the time. You you plan, start with one or two meals a week, then add it to, you know, three or four meals and until you get it. So it's very simple in your lifestyle, but plan a few 
so that you're not running around going, oh my gosh, what am I doing? So you've already had a stressful day. Whatever terrible other things that have happened during the day are all weighing on you. And now you have to figure out what to make for dinner. This right. is when a bad food choice is going to happen. You're going to whip through a drive through because you're, you just haven't planned it. So planning it out, knowing that you have everything ready to go. It's in the refrigerator. You know what's going to happen that day. And then if you do have one of those days that it becomes your 20%, you just move that to the next day, and it's no problem. So, it, right. you know, if the, if the more planning that you can do on a day off, the better it's going to work out for your overall day completely. I mean, that's, that's going to completely improve the quality of life by just being able to know that you have things planned and are in control in this section of your life. That's a very strong message. Plan. And that counteracts something that we ought to talk about but don't have time for at the moment, and that <laughs> is guilt. You know, people, yeah. people feel guilty if they're not burning themselves out, yes. uh, whereas your flight attendants parallel, you're looking after yourself is the first step in looking after the people who you care about and care for. So planning is a very, very good word. Now, on that point, we're going to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guest is Kelly Hill. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune in to the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back 
to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Kelly Hill. Our topic is healthy eating for family caregivers. Now, Kelly, let's talk about what more you would like to do and you would like to see done to promote nutritional therapy. And so my first question is, what more would you personally like to do to promote nutritional therapy for family caregivers, given that they are the most important population in your niche for your business? What more do you want to do, Kelly, please? Well, I think as caregivers, we're a unique breed, and we have to find the right individual nutrition plan. And you know, I talked about the the person that gets up early in the morning has energy, and then the the one that that doesn't have the energy, and how they need all these different plans. They need different foods. They need different uh, ways of moving themselves forward. And that really is the same thing is true for all aspects related to eating. Um, what the foods we eat are what gives us energy. The way we eat foods and the types of foods we eat determines where our body stores fat. The types of foods we should eat or shouldn't eat based on our own personal individual body style, the foods that we crave, how to overcome those cravings, uh, how to make the foods and still live the rest of our lives uh, and not not be a in the kitchen all the time. You know, these are all very individual topics and we need to quit following that thing that I call the diets of the moment so that we can have permanent, sustainable health, weight loss, unlimited energy, but still work within our busy lifestyles as caregivers. And that's what I'd really like to see more people able to do, more people taught to do, because it's nothing they're going to pick up out of any magazine. It's something that really is very dependent on their personal life and what is happening in their life and the foods that they want want and can eat. Right. Now, what more would you like to see done and by whom to promote nutritional therapy for family caregivers? Who, who would you like to do what to do this promotion? Kelly? Well, I'm going to throw it actually the ball right into our own courts because what I'd like is this I'd love every family caregiver to actually take a little time for themselves, even if it's only once a week at the very beginning, and start learning to create their own healthy eating plan that'll support not only their personal goals, but their whole lifestyle choices and the lifestyle they're living because sometimes we don't make those as choices, the choices are you know, put upon us. And so we need to, to support all of those pieces at the same time, the whole family unit, if you will, as well as ourselves. So I'd really love to see them learn to create and implement their own customized diet and nutrition plan, not only for themselves, but something that the whole family will love. And if they're moms, you know, something with kid-tested recipes, they really need to learn what strategies will work best for them and learn how to tweak their family favorite meals so that they aren't necessarily trying new foods, but they're just preparing their family favorites in a healthier way. And that doesn't really have to be as complicated as it sounds. It's, it sounds huge and ginormous, but it really isn't because it's very small steps that all build up into a lifelong easy change that people look back and go, I don't even know how I did it before this. This is so easy. Right. Now, can you just extend that question a bit? Um, 
outside the circle of nutrition, nutrition therapists, um, doctors, I'm going to call them the professionals, who else or what other organizations would you like to see involved to promote nutritional therapy for family caregivers? Kelly? In my ideal world, which may be a little bit of a utopia, <laughs> I'll completely <laughs> right. admit to that. Um, in my ideal world, I would like to see every person have a team of caregivers with for themselves. So not only be a caregiver, but be part of a team. So whatever that looks like for them, whether they need a medical doctor to deal with, say, diabetes issues and cholesterol or cardiac issues, a naturopathic doctor that can help them from a more natural state, a nutrition therapy or a practitioner like that that can work from the world of um, nutrition and whole foods to whatever uh, I guess they're technically called complementary medicine people they like, whether it's acupuncture, massage, saunas. And I know, you know, everybody is probably going, oh my gosh, this woman's crazy. And I'm not saying don't do, do these all at one time, but I think we need a, a group of people that we can trust that are our allies when it comes to our own health. And we can choose which one we want to talk to and need to talk to for what's going on in our life at that moment. Uh, you know, psychiatrists, uh, um, chiropractors, I mean, they all need to come together on the same page to do what is best for that particular person and not worried about getting the promotion just for themselves that they've done this, um, you know, because we all should be working together. That's my personal utopia. We'll see if it ever happens. Teamwork. I Professional would love teamwork. it. Yeah, great stuff. Now, this is the very last question for you. What is your message for family caregivers experiencing challenges to, their, to the quality of their lives? What's your message for them, Kelly? It's really a very positive message in the fact that you, you can reach your optimal health and you can do it easily by learning how to use real foods that are in balance with your body. Again, we want to work with the body, not against it. Small incremental steps that can be easily incorporated without causing undue stress. It really doesn't have to be overwhelming. Just little changes each week or every other week, and they build on each other. So I do have an offer for you, and it's totally free. There's nothing, no, no. No fishing line hookers or anything, but uh, what I what to help with that because this is really I'm very passionate about little little changes each week. Is I, I'm offering your listeners weekly nutrition tips to help them make those small steps and they'll be delivered every week every Thursday into their email box. There's nothing else that's coming in. It's not going to tie them into anything else. I promise. All it's going to do is, is give them a tip to try and incorporate each week. And if they look at it and they say, I can't do it, Kelly, don't do that one then. Ignore it you know, or put it in there, come back to it. But pick one, you know, one, if you can do one every week, one every other week, and just do that little tiny one thing and you'll start making changes that are going to bind together to be huge. So I have that for your listeners. I set it up before the show to make sure uh, that they could do something every single week. And uh, I have that available for them on my website, therightnutritionplan.com slash newsletter. You won't get a newsletter. I just couldn't come up with a better way to do that piece. I'm not very technically savvy. Now, I just want to say to our listeners before I thank Kelly, please do follow up 
with what Kelly's been talking about. You've heard her talking, you've heard about her professionalism, you've heard about the way in which she is collaborating with other professionals like doctors and others, you've heard her message for family caregivers and she wants to help. Why does she want to help? Not least because she's a family caregiver herself. So it's a powerful message and now I want to say, Kelly, thank you for all this that you've done in this episode. Thank you for sharing a lot about yourself and a lot about the way in which you work for help and success for others who are in the same way that you are experiencing all the challenges of family caregiving and in your case and the case of others being very successful in the way they do it and you've shared with them a formula so thank you I also thank want you to so th- much for having me today you're very welcome. Now, I also want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And now I just want to say something. With Family Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research to find out what you, our listeners, think about important topics such as the one we've just been listening to. So please email me to hear more or if you're interested in getting involved. Our next episode will be Family Caregivers Tell Your Stories. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 